Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Make It Kind. M-I-P. With Masamela Matsumo. Mark Thompson. Make It Kind. Get Woke. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. And have a very special guest with us. Dear friend, he's been a friend of the show for a number of years. And his expertise has always been in the court system and the judicial system and particularly the Supreme Court. And he's got a brand new book out right now. That's right. The Agenda, How a Republican Supreme Court is Reshaping America. And he's even he even got an op-ed in the New York Times. That's pretty big. That's a big you know, so, Every now and then people notice you. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank Ian Eiser. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. It's you, you know, it's been. Uh, I got my shot the other day, so like, I feel like I have a superpower. That's right. Yeah, it does feel like that. Yeah. Uh, well, this is great. Congratulations on the book. This is your stock and trade. Um, and I think the point you're making for all of us, as as we think about politics and the three branches of government, what they've done is set themselves up in a situation where they don't need. The other branches, right? That's right. Yeah, I mean, like, the the point that I make in my New York Times piece is that if you go back just five years, Republicans had this incredibly um, ambitious legislative agenda. They wanted wanted to cut Medicaid funding in half. They wanted to turn Medicare into a voucher program, slash food, basically shred the whole American safety net. And you didn't hear really any talk of that in 2020. They don't seem to have a legislative agenda at all. And I think the reason why is because they know they don't need a legislative agenda because they can implement so much of their agenda through the judiciary. And and so in this book, I talk through how they are getting the courts to dismantle voting rights, how they're getting the courts to dismantle environmental regulations, you, you know, regulations of health insurers, how they're making it so that you can't sue to enforce your rights. And it's, you know, it's a really troubling and really 
potent agenda that's being pushed through the one unelected branch of government. Yeah. Talk to us about how this was even developed. This was sort of a a master plan that was hatched years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, Republicans have cared about the courts for a very long time. Um, You know, there, there are more Trump judges on the Supreme Court and on the U.S. Court of Appeals, by the way, one step down from the Supreme Court, then there are Obama judges, even though Obama was president for twice as long as Donald Trump. And and the reason why is because during those last two years, I and mean, we all know about Merrick Garland, but McConnell did this for almost all of Obama's Court of Appeals nominees, too. He just wouldn't confirm anyone. And so Donald Trump wound up getting all of the seats to fill all the seats that he should have got to fill in a four year term, plus all the seats that Obama should have got to fill during his last two years in office. I mean, they care about this so much because they know that if you control the courts, you can make it so that elections don't matter. I I mean, like, look at what's going on in Georgia right now. I, I mean, what happened in Georgia is that for the first time in a very long time, a Democrat won the state. Um, at the presidential level, and two Democrats won the Senate race. And this was, you, you know, these victories was driven in large part through work in the black community in Georgia. So what did they do? They passed a law, a bunch of laws that's intended to make it harder. I mean, it's intended to make it hard for everyone to vote, but it's intended in particular to make it harder for black people to vote because they don't want Democrats to win future elections. Now, we have something that's supposed to prevent laws that are passed to make it harder for people to vote and specifically for black people to vote. It's called the Voting Rights Act. But I walked through in the book how they are, how the Supreme Court has dismantled the Voting Rights Act. You, you know, we probably remember the Shelby County decision, which said that um, there's no longer a preclearance regime. So states with the racist history with their elections no longer have to clear their laws to make sure that they're not discriminatory. They've, you know, the, the, there is a case in front of the Supreme Court right now called Brnovich that could potentially dismantle what remains of the Voting Rights Act. And without that, here's why the Voting Rights Act matters so much. In most, in a typical election, African Americans, 80 to 90% of African Americans will vote for the Democrat, and about 60 to 70% of Latinos will vote for the Democrat. And so what Republican lawmakers have figured out is they can use race as a proxy to identify Democratic communities. So if if you close down all the polling places in a black neighborhood so that black voters have to wait six hours to cast their ballot, you can be pretty sure that the people who aren't going to vote are going to be almost entirely Democrats. Yeah. Yeah. And at the last hearing, when uh, uh, Amy Coney Barrett asked the uh, Republicans' counsel, what did he say? He said, well, we need this in, in order to be able to compete. They're, they're pretty transparent. Yeah, I mean, they're, they've, they've grown increasingly transparent. I, I, I mean, they're, you know, the striking thing is, like, this is a really unpopular agenda being pushed in here. You know, I, I have an entire chapter about something called forced arbitration. And what forced arbitration is, is that um, if you do business with anyone, including your employer, you know, unless you're in a union, you could get an email from your employer at any minute that says, from now on, if you um, have any kind of grievance against us, if you have any, if, if we break the law, you're not allowed to sue us in a real court. 
You have to go to an arb- a privatized arbitration system that tends to favor corporate parties. And you're not allowed to bring a class action. So you can't join with other employees if you all have a common claim. And if you don't agree to these terms, you're fired. Mm. Mm. And the, the thing about that, I mean, the, you know, the data is really, really clear that like, if you go to a private arbitrator, you're less likely to win if you're an individual plaintiff than if you go to a real court. And if you do win, you get less money. So the idea here is, look, I mean, like we have, you know, we have laws banning employment discrimination. We have laws maintaining a minimum wage. You know, we have laws requiring certain standards for employee health plans. You know, there's, there's all kinds of laws that employers have to comply with, you know, regarding how they treat their workers. None of those rights mean anything if you can't sue them. Yeah. You, you, you know, if your employer says, you know, we don't like your race, so we're going to fire you. We don't like the fact that you're a man or a woman, so we're going to fire you or, or whatever. The only way that you're right not to face that discrimination means something is you can actually haul your employer into court. Yeah, yeah. And, and can't do that. But the other thing you mentioned, Supreme Court Court Appeal. Yeah. I want everybody to be clear. These are also lifetime appointments. Right. So elections happen every two years. These are lifetime appointments. So it makes sense. It's like they just decided that they would supersede the election process. Now, is this also happening, though, to some level? Is it not um, um, below the Supreme Court and the Court of Appeals with district judges? And even in some of the states are baby Republicans in in the states doing the same thing in state courts. Yeah, I mean, I am terrified about the, about what I mean. Judges at all levels are going to do to the Biden presidency. You, you know, Biden's first day of office, the Department of Homeland um, Security issued a 100 day moratorium on deportations, and like the purpose of that was just so that Biden could like be in office for a while and figure out what the heck's going on with immigration before he made any changes or figured out like how he wants to prioritize immigration enforcement. And a few days after it was issued, a Trump judge down in Texas struck it down on really spurious grounds. Mm-hmm. Or, or like if, if I can go into the weeds on one case a little bit, um, for a while there has been in place a federal eviction moratorium. Um, it actually comes from the CDC. The idea is that if you, you know, if, if you kick people out of their homes, you know, they're not going to have a safe place to be where they can ensure that they won't spread coronavirus. And so, it, you know, it, it, it is harder to control the pandemic. People are being a bit. And there was a Trump judge in Texas who got it, heard a challenge to um, th- this eviction moratorium. And what the Trump judge said, I mean, th- this is wild, is so first of all, the Constitution says that Congress is allowed to regulate commerce amongst the several states. And the way that the Supreme Court has interpreted that is to mean commerce, that's economic activity. If like if Congress wants to regulate the economy or economic activity, those laws will typically be upheld. If they want to do something non-economic, that's typically not going to be upheld. And so or at least is less likely to be upheld. And this judge said that evicting someone from a home that they pay money to rent is not an economic activity. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I could try to explain it, but it's inexplicable. Right, right. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, all you have to be is, is, is to be a fluent English speaker. You just know what the word economic means. You know, that, that doesn't make much sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and yet this this is what these judges are doing. And, like, when I do these interviews, one question that I get a lot is, 
well, what do you think the courts are going to do, you know, besides, you know, in the book, I laid out several things I'm fairly certain, but I'll get a lot of, what do you think they're going to do about, like, if HR1 passes? What do you think they're going to do if this law passes? And my honest answer is, I don't know. Like, that's the scary thing, is that these judges are handing down decisions from so far out in right field that, like, I, I no longer feel I can predict what's going to happen. Right, right, right. More MIP after this message. And yeah. what you're seeing is, you, is, is obviously, is so obvious in this rash of mass shootings. Right. Um, I was talking to another guest earlier, the Brady Pack, Brian Lemick. The, the um, and Igor Volsky said the same thing last week. The uh, the judge made a ruling that enabled the Boulder mass shooter to go get the gun. Right. Yeah. There was. A, yeah. I think they they struck down. The, the, um, I forget which court it was, but yeah, they they struck down Boulder's many of their gun regulations. Yeah, I think it was a district yeah. court. It was a district court. Yeah. But and we this, know, we know how much McConnell and Trump right. judges on these districts. So you mentioned that there are more Trump judges than Obama judges on the Court of Appeals. Obviously, that's true at the district court level, too. Right. Um, actually, I, I'm, I'm actually not sure about the notes for the district court. But the reason for that is because, I mean, so there's three levels to the federal judiciary. District courts are like the, the trial judges that hear most cases the first time around. Right. They appeal to courts of appeals and then to the Supreme Court. Right. And, I mean, it matters a whole lot who sits on a district because like district courts decide things like criminal sentences. And so if you have a judge who like, you know, is inclined to be really harsh in sentencing, that matters a whole lot to the people who are being sentenced. Yeah. Um, but for like big policy issues, you know, if you control the people at the top of the judiciary, then you can shape policy. And so, you know, Biden just announced his first 11 um, judicial nominees. And like they, they all, I mean, they, they look great. And it looks like Biden, you know, there, there's a number of people who are public defenders on there. It's a, it's a very racially diverse group. You know, I mean, it seems like a really solid group of judges who I think will, will, will do good work. But the problem is they can be overruled by Brett Kavanaugh. And, you know, I have less confidence that Brett Kavanaugh is going to do great work. Yeah. And, and that's it's, it's justifiable that you would have. Uh, less confident. Seems to me there's some calculus here to determine the numbers, what it would take to offset what Republicans have done, have done with these appointments. Yeah. How many uh, 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 nominations it would take, how many judges it would take over a certain period of time for Biden right. to reverse this. And that's probably not something that could happen overnight, right? Oh, I mean, like, well, I mean, Republicans have a six to three majority on the Supreme Court. So, like, unless, like, Clarence Thomas decides to go pursue his dreams on Broadway or, like, I don't know, maybe Sam Alito dies in a tragic hot tub accident. I mean, you, you know, I mean, it's he needs to replace two seats on the Supreme Court for, for the court, to, for that court to have a Democratic majority. Yeah, you and, know, of course, was pretty, I guess I was thinking yeah. more of the district in the court of appeal. Right, right. Yeah. And the, the problem you have in the lower court. So, like, you'll notice when I was talking about the bad stuff that the lower courts are doing. I kept bringing up Texas. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason for that. It's, I mean, part of it is that the Texas attorney general, like, brings all the law, brings a lot of the lawsuits that the Republican Party wants to bring to strike down Democratic policies. But there's a lot of really kind of wacky some were named by Trump, some were named by Bush, judges at the district level in Texas. And then a decision out of Texas, of a Texas federal court, will appeal to the Fifth Circuit. 
And the Fifth Circuit is dominated by Trump appointees. It's it's what I I mean, like this is the court where, you know, many years ago they said that a capital defendant, someone who literally was being tried, you know, for the, you know, with the death penalty on the line, did not receive ineffective assistance of counsel, even though his lawyer slept through his trial. You know, that was eventually reversed. But I mean, this, this is the, this is the Fifth Circuit. This is, it's really bad. And so the Texas AG, like Biden does anything. The Texas AG brings a lawsuit. They can often shop around for the judge that they want in the lower, you know, in the district court. Then it goes up to the Fifth Circuit and then it goes up to a six to three Republican Supreme Court. And so if you're Joe Biden and you're saying, well, wait a second, like all I'm trying to do is like halt climate change by telling these power plants they've got to install a better technology, you know, a more recent technology so that they can reduce emissions. You know, whatever he's trying to do, you, you know, all I'm saying, you know, there, there's a provision of the Affordable Care Act that says that health insurers have to cover certain preventive care procedures. There's about 80 procedures that they have to cover. A wide range of things from birth control to like um, some cancer screenings to pediatric care. You know, there's a ton of procedures that health insurers are required to cover. And there's a lawsuit in front of a judge in Texas right now. That wants to strike down all of that. Say that, it, say that this whole list has to be repealed. And so if you get free birth control or you get free pap smears or you get free cancer screening or you get free vision testing for your children or whatever, all of that could potentially go away because of these Trump charges. Oh boy. Yeah. And in terms of the Supreme Court, you're right. There doesn't seem to be. You know, any opportunity for a vacancy to open anytime soon. I um, mean, there, there might be, you know, Justice Breyer is 82. Um, and so Breyer, like a lot of people are thinking he might retire this summer. Um, a lot of people, Biden just nominated this woman, Katanji Brown Jackson, who is a former clerk to Justice Breyer. And a lot of people sit, think that KBJ, as she's sometimes called, Katanji Brown Jackson, um, is likely to be the Breyer replacement. The problem is that Breyer's a Democrat. And so, like, I, I mean, like, I think that Judge Jackson, if she becomes Justice Jackson, would do a good job. But, like, she doesn't get three votes. <laughs> like, you know, she, you know, she's still going to she's still going to be in the minority if she gets that. So is it not really the solution for Biden to expand the court? I mean, if, I, I think yes. I think that, you know, if, if I was a member of Congress, I would vote to add seats to the court. The Constitution says that there shall be a Supreme Court. doesn't say how many seats are on it. Congress can say whatever number it wants. The problem is I don't know that he has the votes. Um, and so, like, I think that I mean, I think that Biden is doing exactly what he should be doing right now, which is, you know, roll out the vac a successful vaccination campaign get shots in everyone that, that we can get a shot in. You know, I think the stimulus bill is great. I think that the infrastructure bill is great because it's going to put money in people's pockets. It's hopefully going to reverse the trends we've seen where a lot of wealth is being concentrated at the top and a lot of people, you know, other people can't find good jobs. I think Lee is doing everything he can to make people's lives better and to make sure that we have a booming economy in 2022. And if we do have a booming economy in 2022, maybe Democrats pick up seats and then maybe they do have the votes that they need in order to add, to add more people to the Supreme Court. And that solves this problem. 
The, the problem with that, though, is that Biden could do as great a job as he wants, but the Supreme Court's going to be working behind the scenes, you know, not just potentially to undermine him, but to undermine democracy by right? doing things like dismantling the Voting Rights Act, upholding these crazy laws we're seeing in Georgia, places like that. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's uh, that's the risk. What would you what would you say to viewers and listeners in about what they can do besides, of course, vote? I mean, yeah, everybody. Yeah. Well, I mean, voting is I mean, it's hugely important. And like I, one thing I will say about voting is that most of the bad laws that we've seen are designed to make voting harder, but not impossible. You know, the idea is that if we make it hard enough, then enough Democrats won't turn out. And if something is hard, you can still do it. If I've got to wait in line for three hours to do something, I'm still going to do it if I think it is really, really important. So like voting is is the most important thing. And then beyond that, like, I think that lawmakers need to know that their constituents are are frightened about what's going on in the courts. Yeah. Um, Because we need to get Biden's nominees through. If the Supreme Court continues to move things in the direction it's moving in, in, then, you know, adding seats to the court may need to be on the table. And that's going to be a heavy ask for lawmakers. You know, they're going to need to know that people think it's important. Folks, check out the new book by our good friend Ian Milheiser. And he's been covering this topic for quite some time. He is uh, an expert on it. So you think this, this piece of legislation will ultimately gut? The voting rights act. Um, well, I mean, I think the Supreme Court is going. To I mean, I mean, I don't mean, I mean, the case. I mean, that's the legislation, but this case that is being argued now. That's so. It's they they had the oral arguments, so they're reviewing right. it now, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this will be the case that gets rid of the Voting Rights Act entirely. I think it's more likely that they'll move in a few incremental steps. Right. But I mean, they have a six to three majority, and they all serve for life. So, like, they have time. And once you don't have a Voting Rights Act, you know, again, like that means that Georgia can say, like, we're just going to, you know, if you live in a black neighborhood, there's only one precinct and the line is seven hours long and no one's allowed to bring water. For food and water, right. 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 And so so let's game out one other scenario before we go. Congress passes the For the People Act mm-hmm. that, that, that undercuts all of that stuff. But what you're saying is, if someone wanted to find a flaw in any piece of legislation, they've set up a judicial system that anybody can run up to that court and they can pretty much at will reverse whatever they want to. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's the danger. I mean, like, I think that most provisions of the For the People Act would be very hard to strike it down. The Constitution says that um, Congress has the power to regulate the time, places and manners of, ele- and ele- of elections. So that's a pretty broad power. Um, but that said, I mean, I didn't like I read that judge's decision saying that, like, evicting someone isn't an economic activity. And, you know, I don't know what planet he's on, but there's judges who are just making stuff up. And like, that is my fear is that why I can't well, I can't think of a good argument or really a plausible legal argument. Why many provisions of uh, the for the, the people act might be struck down. These guys don't need a good argument. They just need an excuse a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Folks, check out the agenda how Republican Supreme Court 
is reshaping America. You need to know about this if you don't know about it already, but Ian walks us through the whole thing and the details. This is, we got three branches of government. They figured out a way to get control of one. You gotta do something about that. And the solution long-term is for us to make voting second nature like we did in November and like we did in January in a special election, which never happens. That's what we gotta do. Follow him also on Twitter. Uh, at I Milheiser uh, as well. Ian, congratulations again, buddy. Thank you so much. Thank you, and thanks so much for having me. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, subscribe, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been may play. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.